Hey, it's the Left Coasters Podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters Podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Back the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. It is week 13, the Thursday edition. Week 13, guys. Only five more weeks of regular season football games before the playoffs. Five more weeks. It happens. It's so fleeting, this wonderful football season, Dangles. Where is it all gone? Every year, I feel like we we, we do this. We, we, we get excited at the beginning of the season because it's finally here. And then in what feels like a flash, we're sitting here in week 13 talking about how the uh, the playoff picture is shaping up and, yep. and who's a dumpster fire and who's not. Yep, and here we are, five more weeks remaining and it's all it's it's all in front of us. We have to decipher who is going to be good, who are we going to put money on, who's making the Super Bowl, who's taking home the crown and you know what? Two LA football teams have a chance to do all of that. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams. The buys are over. Everyone's We've seen what everyone brings to the table. There's five more weeks remaining to plant your flag and move forward into the real deal, and two LA teams are going to be doing that. Broad guy, it's we. I seem to ask this question every week, but it's got to be exciting to be an LA fan, man. Detroit is dead. Green Bay is dying. It's all about LA now. I was actually spending time uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend with a friend of the show, Brett Green, uh, and also uh, also a Detroit Lions fan, and we both talked at length about how thankful we are to be in a city that has great. Culture, great, yep. great, great, you know, opportunities, uh, but one that has a fantastic sports culture well enough that it attracts guys to come to the city like Sean McVay yeah. and 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 coaching a a potential plethora of Pro Bowl players and potential Super Bowl opportunities. It's an exciting time to be here, but it's also just a it's a heartwarming feeling knowing that you have the right the right pieces to make a franchise good for a long time. These teams are not a fluke. Melvin Gordon is not a fluke. Mm-mm. Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Jared Goff, these guys are not a fluke. They'll no, be in the real. they'll be in the conversation for a long time. It's great to be in a city where we have just a a, a bevy of riches of, of things to enjoy uh, on a, on a given Sunday. It's the reason this podcast exists is because we have two LA franchises in the sport that the three of us love so dearly and we are trying to root for these two teams and this year they're making it easy to root for them. Let's go down. Let's start the battle for LA. We will have the Pick'em Challenge later where Dangles and I have a fight to the death, it seems, for these final five weeks. Am I but not in it anymore? You're, you're close. We'll, we'll, okay. You're not out of it, but me and Dangles are literally neck and neck. Fisticuffs. But the battle for LA, these two teams are going to be in the playoffs. The Rams went in the bye, whipping the Kansas City Chiefs, the most exciting game of the season, Monday Night Football two weeks ago. But let's start with the Chargers here. They had a game. They did what they needed to do against Arizona. 
Arizona, and the the road to a bye week is still there with Kansas City coming off a loss. So, Dangles, run me down the stats of what just happened for our baby blue Chargers. We talk a lot about winning the games you are supposed to win. Uh, The Chargers did exactly that on Sunday, 45-10 to was your final score from the StubHub Center in Carson. Uh, Josh Rosen, 12 of 19 for a buck five, a touchdown and an interception. He was sacked twice. Phil Rivers on the other side, 28 of 29. Have a day, Phil. Ridiculous. 259. He averaged almost nine yards a pass, three touchdowns. He was sacked four times. His offensive line, that's, that's a little more than normal for the Chargers this year, but hey, they won by 35 points, so who really cares? Uh, Geno Smith also saw some action for the Chargers and had an entire corner and managed to do nothing. Zero of three for zero yards. So Phil, Phil uh, Rivers t- tied, a, tied a record for most completions in a row to start a game. I think he also tied the record for best completion percentage with that many throws in a game. Just an amazing day for and, old Phil. And he uh, has two TD passes uh, in 12 straight games, tying him f- uh, for Brett Favre, Dan Marino, and Johnny Unitas for the sixth longest streak since 1950. That's not a uh, company to keep there, old Phil. Let's keep it going. All right, let's go to the ground, man. Uh, for Arizona, David Johnson, uh, 17 carries, 63 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Chase Edmonds also carried the ball five times for zero yards. Meanwhile, they always a good stat. Meanwhile, uh, and here's the big news headline from this game: Melvin Gordon, 10 carries, 61 yards, two touchdowns, leaves the game in the second half after Robert Kimdiche tackle gets a little little hurt. He left the field under his own power. Mm. Chargers confirmed on Monday that it is in fact an MC. L sprain. Uh, uh, not good. And that not good. Uh, is not typically good. Any injury to a C, to a cruciate ligament is not typically good, good from what I understand. Um, so he's week to week right now. It's probably not going to happen for him against the Steelers. We'll have to see what his what he's able to do down, going down the stretch, but that will be a point of discussion that I'm sure we'll want to touch on later. Uh, Justin Jackson in his absence got the ball seven times, carried it for 57 yards. Austin Eckler also made his way into the end zone. He carried the ball five times for 35 yards. Uh, Christian Kirk led the way for the Cardinals, receiving four catches, 41 yards. Larry Fitzgerald, the old man, the only man who was able to uh, find the end zone, keeping it fresh as always, Larry. Two catches, 30 yards, <laughs> and a touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen for the Chargers is your leading receiver in terms of yardage. Seven catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler had the most catches, 10 of them for 68 yards. Mike Williams, the uh, Clemson product, also able to find the end zone two times on four catches. He had 25 yards total, but two big touchdowns to help this team get a 45 to 10 win, and they moved to eight and three on yeah. the season. Mike Williams had a hell of a catch in the back corner of the end zone too to keep that uh, completion streak alive for old Phil. But that Melvin Gordon injury is the story. It is the big thing coming away from that game. You do stomp on the throat of a team you were supposed to beat, but then to lose Melvin Gordon in the process is a tough pill to swallow. Bright guy. Who do they got next, my man? We saw what they could do against a no-name Arizona, but without Melvin Gordon, the next guy on the schedule ain't exactly a cupcake. What do the Chargers have coming up? The Chargers will be going uh, to Pittsburgh on Sunday night uh, to face Ben Roethlisberger and the Charging Steelers. Coming off a loss, but... Yep. but, but I'm excited for this game. This is good. There's going to be some fireworks this in this is game. game. Let's got keep, two very high-flying offenses. Let's keep everybody abreast. The, uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are three 
three and two at home. So yep. they 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 are not they're, beatable. they're not exactly impervious when when it comes to their home and record we, as of like past years. We've talked about Pittsburgh in the Tuesday show how that offense isn't really clicking as much as it should be. But again, this Melvin Gordon injury, we like Austin Eckler, but he is no Melvin Gordon. It's going to be a a great uh, evening rod that that was it, set before them. If I if I had something to really feel good about Melvin Gordon being out this week, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has not been up to snuff as as it has been in the last couple couple years. It's still a good defense, yeah. uh, but you've got to feel good if you're the Chargers of having Joey Bosa back because Ben Roethlisberger uh, it, it will meet his match if Joey Bosa is 100% healthy. I agree with you. Yeah, they'll make Ben Roethlisberger real tough. Yes. Real tough day for him. Uh, Dangles, what do you think uh, with Melvin Gordon gone? What do you think these charges need to focus on, whether whether to uh, pressure that defense or whether to kind of uh, hold the ship in, in, in tow with, against this Pittsburgh team? I mean, I think they're going to have to obviously tweak their game plan a little bit, and their script is probably going to lean a little bit more heavily on the passing game, especially yeah. considering how good of a pass catcher uh, Austin Eckler is. You're yeah. likely going to see uh, a running back by committee approach. Justin Dax, Jackson and uh, uh, Detrez New- Newsom are going to get uh, a lot. I know, right? A lot of uh, are going to get some carries as well. But you're going to see. Uh, Eckler, number 30 in blue, most most often out of the backfield. I honestly think the biggest key for them is going to be is going to be in the passing game, and it's going to be attacking what is, I think, a weak Pittsburgh secondary. Um, they've got a lot of high flyers on that offense. I think if you stretch the field on these guys, you get them in one-on-one matchups. You've got big receivers in guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They're not just fast. They don't just have good hands. They can body you off the ball, uh, and that's what makes them such big threats down the field. So I think this comes down to uh, Phillip Rivers. I mean, obviously, it's going to be hard to replicate a 28 for 29 passing right. performance, yeah. but um, I think this is going to be a game of stretching the field, taking advantage of a bad Pittsburgh secondary, and obviously on the defensive side of the ball, you need to limit. I think you need to limit the running game. If you force Ben Roethlisberger to win the game by himself and don't I, let them lean on James Conner, I think they, they they can have some success. I would probably attack it differently, Dangles. I would let James Conner do whatever he wanted. This Pittsburgh team is built on big plays, and I would make sure you have two safeties every time covering both sides of the field because both. Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster can get a 97-yard yeah. bomb. You're going to see a lot, a, of double, a lot of double high coverage in you this game. You need it. You need it. And I'd I, let James Conner sort of run amok and let them try to beat you piece by piece. I don't think they want to try to do that. I also think this is a bend-don't-break situation. you yeah. got to remember, yes. the Denver Broncos from last last week allowed 527 total yards, the most by a franchise since 1986, Oh, and the most in a win. Wow. So you got to remember that what what was this, the secret sauce for Denver beating the Pittsburgh Steelers? And that was you guys can let them with these big plays get down the field, but once it comes in the red zone, you're, yeah. you're, you're forcing field goals. Yeah. You're forcing field goals to win the game. Uh, and and remember, Philip Lindsay had uh, over 100, 100 yards uh, and a touchdown. Yeah. So yes. so if, if you don't have Melvin Gordon, you you do what the Denver Broncos did and just spread everybody out and and get it to your 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 fast speedy playmakers and I think the Chargers have that I think if if you ask me if would I rather have the passing attack of the Denver Broncos or the Los Angeles Chargers give me the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> all day every day no respect for Case Keenum all right let's get to the pickums this is the first one we're gonna make on this see uh, this week thirteen slate here Chargers at Pittsburgh the Sunday night the football night in America whatever they call that stupid thing. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth mumbling through some like slightly veiled gambling lines during this game. Chargers at Steelers. Dangles, who you got? Um... 
Good. Good start to this. If you're so sure about it, who would you pick? Okay, fine. I will go with my pick. I think the Chargers lose this one. I don't know why. I don't think the Char... I, I like the Chargers. I like Phil Rivers. I like rooting for him. But for some reason, especially without Melvin Gordon, I don't think they're ready for the prime time where Pittsburgh's been here a million times before. I think Pittsburgh writes the ship. I think Pittsburgh gets those big plays that I, I want the Chargers to try and stop. And I think Pittsburgh does just enough to win this game in Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh themselves, they're right at that bye week too. New England is not exactly a juggernaut here. If Pittsburgh could get to the bye week and end the season as the two seed, that's huge for them. So I'm picking old Pitt. Dangles, you think you got a decision now? Yeah, uh, I actually think I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to pick Los Angeles to win this. Uh, I think that after last week, I mean, Phillip Rivers is clearly at like Zen master levels of concentration on the field if you're going to complete 28 of 29 out of your passes. Um, I think, I think again, I think that obviously Austin Eckler is not Melvin Gordon, but there's a lot of things that he does really, really well. In fact, almost better, I think, than than Melvin Gord. One of those is catch and make people miss out of the backfield. Yep. I think if they're able to use him like the Patriots use James White on a lot of their passing downs and 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 work him into the passing game that way, I, I think they have a, a great, they have a, a lot of different ways they can go to win this game and attack what is not a great Steelers defense. Um, and, and we, you know, the Pittsburgh offense can be Jekyll and Hyde, so I'm going to go with the Chargers. Bry guy, break the tie. Who you got, Pitt or L.A.? I'm going to go with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Wow. Uh, okay. I think the Los Angeles Chargers are going to make a, a statement here in the latter part of the season. We've talked at length about them having to beat good teams, playing to the level, and I think the Steelers, uh, coming off a loss against Denver, are going to be excessively uh, um, trying to right the ship. Uh, and I just think that they're actually a very similar teams. Uh, if you consider what Connor has done for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he he's he's prolific. He has more touchdowns and more rushing yards than Melvin Gordon. So I I don't think Melvin Gordon was going to be a big factor in this game uh, rushing wise I think he was going to be a big passing uh, attack so I think uh, Austin Eckler is just going to fill in right nicely where this game uh, game plan is going to is going to lead them and I think the Los Angeles Chargers uh, come back to the West Coast with a W. Alright that's two for the Chargers and I got the old Steelers dangles the Rams were on a bye before that, they played the most exciting game these eyes have ever seen. The left coasters had a watch party for it. They destroyed by three points the Kansas City Chiefs in one of the highest scoring games uh, Monday Night Football had ever had. Dangles, can we get the stats that might take a year to get through the Rams versus those Chiefs? I was just about to say, do you guys think you can handle the stats for this game? Because, because uh, they're, they're, they're pretty ridiculous. So for those of you who have forgotten the final score of what was was probably the greatest football game ever played <laughs> in the NFL. 54 to 51 was your final. I pray that you took the over in this game yep. because it yep. hit yep. and yep. then some. The first time, uh, as as I think we've said before, that a team has scored over 50 points and lost uh, uh, in the NFL history. Patrick Mahomes, 33 of 46 for 478 yards. He averaged 10 and a half yards a pass, six touchdowns, three interceptions. He was sacked three times finished the game with a quarterback rating of 117. So did Jared Goff, who passed 31 of 49 for 413 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked five times. 
on Kansas City's rushing side. Kareem Hunt, 14 carries, 70 yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes also carried the ball six times for 28 yards. Todd Gurley, 12 carries, 55 yards. Not a huge day for him, yeah, all things it considered. Was, it was reported that he was a little, uh, little injured, a little gimpy. A little on gimpy, a little bit gimpy. Malcolm, Malcolm Brown uh, also saw some uh, playing time, four carries for 15 yards to car- uh, Gurley's 12 for 55. Uh, Tyreek Hill had the game of his career, 10 catches for 215 yards. <laughs> oh, my and God. Two touchdowns. That is an average for those of you with calculators at home of 21 and a half yards per catch. <sighs> Travis Kelsey also had uh, uh, 10 catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. Chris Conley found the end zone twice. Seven catches, 74 yards. And Kareem Hunt is your final Patrick Mahomes touchdown pass. Uh, he caught one. He had three catches for 41 yards in total. Uh, Patrick Mahomes also lost two fumbles in this game, yep. by the way. Yep. Big help for the Rams getting where they needed to go. Receiving wide. Uh, Brandon Cooks is your leader for the Rams. Eight catches, 107 yards. Did not find Pater. Josh Reynolds did those six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. And Robert Woods, Bob, four catches, 72 yards, a touchdown. Oh, Gerald Everett, by the way, don't sleep on the big tight end. Three catches, 49 yards, including an excellent catch uh, for two touchdowns. Just an incredible day. Jared Goff also lost two fumbles uh, in that game. Uh, And uh, Samson Ebucom, how about a tip of the hat to the young man uh, who gets himself not only a fumble return for a touchdown, but also uh, a pick return for a touchdown for the young man who played on the bright red field at Eastern Washington University. It was a very fun game, and it was awesome to see the stars of the L.A. Rams come up big. Aaron Donald was a force on the D-line, and for me, though, the one takeaway from this game was this was officially the crowning of Jared Goff because this game was so back and forth. We read Pat Mahomes' amazing stats. Yes, he had three picks, but most of those passes were down the field. Tyreek Hill having huge play after huge play. Travis Kelsey, huge play. And then it would come to Goff. And he knew he didn't have 100% of Gurley behind him. And still, he stared down these Chiefs and said, anything you can do, I can do better. And he performed it that way. People are talking about Mahomes winning the MVP. People are talking about Drew Brees winning the MVP, but these Jared Goff numbers and the statistical season he is putting together at such a young age is amazingly hopeful for the future of the LA Rams. Jared Goff destroyed this Kansas City Chiefs team and answered the bell every time it rang, and I loved what I saw from old Jared. I think it's also a statement of the teams having, especially if we're talking about Jared Goff, a, a deep playbook mm. and a deep knowledge of a playbook. Could you imagine how many plays they had to run? Yeah. How many plays that they had to go deep into that? And yeah that playbook to, to pull out of. Oh, I'm sure there were two plays that they had just been saving all season oh. long. That McShawn has had this game circled on his calendar since the schedule came out, yep. and I'm sure that there is an entire chapter of their playbook that was just devoted to shit we're going to run against KC. Yeah, this is this is high, high-powered chess. High-powered uh-huh. chess. Especially when you don't have Todd Gurley. We talk at length about what, what Todd Gurley has to do on a weekend and week out for this team to win. Todd Gurley was pretty null and yeah. void. 55 yep. yards right 39 yards receiving. That's almost a non-existent Todd Gurley. Yeah. That's that's Jeff Fisher Todd Gurley. That's exactly. Yeah. So you to win a game and have Todd Gurley only kind of sitting around, it, it, it hurts his MVP candidacy, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But but at the same time, you've got to feel good that you could put more responsibility on Jared Goff. There were several times I think I looked over at Dangles and said, Man, this is kind of where this Tom Brady like land. This is like well, you need to score that that wheel route, that 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 beautiful touchdown that he threw, and and that incredible run. I think it was it was it Everett? I think it was Everett. Long story short, is that pass that that not too many quarterbacks throw that ball. No. Not too many passes get thrown 
on that that well under those circumstances. Hat off to you, good sir. I am looking forward to having my kid wearing your jersey. I know, right? Definitely going to be a lot of 16 LA Rams jerseys out there after that game. A lot especially. of kids in high school wearing number 16. Absolutely. In this generation. I was just glad that for once, for once, a game that was hyped up the way this was actually lived up to the hype. I feel like there's so many games that we've hyped up on this show. We've talked about how great they're going to be. Yeah. These awesome matchups. And sure, sometimes they shake out that way. The Patriots-Chiefs game was one we hyped up pretty big time. And, and that turned out to be a shootout on Monday night like we thought it would be. But this, this was every bit the jaw smacking back and forth. You can do it and I can do it and who's better at it. It was incredible. I, it had, was awesome. you know, I had friends all over the place who were Lions fans who just said give me more of that and you will make me a happy man. Yeah. Like yeah. just I hope I hope the playoffs and the and the Super right. Bowl are like yeah, that. Just seriously. You, to pray. We all do. It, it was great for the NFL. It was great for fans. So let's move on. The Rams had the bye. The last bye they week did. of the season. The Rams had the bye. They answered at 10 and 1. They come back to find the NFC a little bit the same, a little bit more the same, and people have sort of shown their true colors after last week. Who do the Rams have coming off the bye to continue this trend towards the playoffs? You know, they're probably very thankful they got this week off because they're facing and traveling to the Detroit Lions, the oh, deadly Detroit Lions. Wow. Well, you, you do joke, but Detroit has stolen a few games out there. They have. They are a team that, uh, if, Not they, recently. if they want to play, and they've had a lot of rest too, playing on Thanksgiving, 10 Days rest before this game. They will certain they will certainly be ready for the LA Rams to come into town and hopefully upset them. Dangles, if you were the coach, if you were old McVeigh or Wade Phillips, who what would you focus on to try to beat this shitty, shitty Detroit team? You cannot look overlook them. You cannot. I mean, I think that the teams that have had success against the Lions consistently have been able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford and sack him. I mean, this is an offensive line you can take advantage of. Matthew Stafford has spent a lot of time sitting on his ass on the turf looking up at the dome of the Ford field. And wondering yeah, what, the hell be a I, lot of sacks. what the hell yep. am I doing here? Uh, there should be a lot of sacks in this game. So I think it, I think it comes down to and obviously we're talking about the Rams here. I don't know if they have any guys who who are good at sacking people on they might uh, have on their few. roster. Yeah, they I might have think they might have the league leader in sacks yeah. on their team uh, and a couple of other guys who are pretty good at breaking through the line as well. Uh, so for me, this is going to be about Wade Phillips getting a ton of pressure on Matthew Stafford. He's already missing Marvin Jones. Uh, I'm not certain, Brian. Maybe you can shed some light on on Johnson's status. He's for probably this not going to be. Back. I know Marvin Jones is on was, the IR, so you're missing your starting running back. You're missing one of your top wide receivers. Um, they're Kenny pretty much going to have to bust, lean baby. on Kenny Galladay for all of I, uh, this. Yeah, I do want to ask Brian in your in your uh, uh, professional opinion. Yes, Dangles has been doing some CrossFit classes recently, so he's getting a little bit more muscle tone on that body. Do you think he has a faster forty time than Legarrette Blunt at this point? It's uh, probably pretty close. I think it's neck and neck. I think, guys, I think I run about like an eight five four forty. So, have you seen Legarrette Blunt? Have you seen Legarrette Blunt? The but fact he had that he's still in the NFL he is ridiculous. Game. He had a great game he against Chicago. He give looks it, give it for him. people to run into. Yeah. Well, but he that's looks just for it. people like, to if run you, into. If you have a game of chicken going between Legarrette Blunt and a Peterbilt, I'm honestly not sure who wins that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but Legarrette Blunt is the least of the Lions' issues with sure. with a shitty offensive line and an incredibly inept. Uh, uh, offensive coordinator who is not showing any yeah. looks. Yeah, it's it's sad, and I think what's for, unfortunate about the Detroit Lions at the moment, I think the LA Rams are going to be able to take advantage of is is baiting Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford doesn't have a lot of options. They're running two or three option plays where he's making two or three reads, and he doesn't have anything to do with it. By that time, he's got somebody on top of him. That's he, the key. That's the key. Like the 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 Rams have been beaten by long pass plays, and they have the defensive backs. They have uh, mistakes back there, and Matthew Stafford has the 
arm to get the ball out there, but will he have time to do so? Let's get to the picks. I think the LA Rams, they cannot overlook this game, but I think they beat Detroit in a route. Dangles? I don't think they will. I think Sean McVay will sit there. It's probably one of the first things he said in their team meetings this week when he sat them down. If he didn't show them tape of the Lions-Patriots game, yeah. I guarantee you he brought it up and said yeah. this team beat a team that has won, that won or been to the Super Bowl pretty much every year for the last several. We can't overlook them. I do, however, think the Rams are just too much for the this Lions team to handle on picking LA. I'll be picking the uh, Los Angeles Rams as well. I think the <laughs> only thing, the only thing that would derail the Rams from having a big day uh, is the uh, incredible job that Matt Patricia has done defensively against these better teams. Yeah, He's done a nice a job. They've plan. been in games they shouldn't have been because of that Because defense. of Matt Patricia's game calling. They do not have studs on the defense, but they do have skill-specific role-playing defensive players. Yeah. And if they just happen to match up properly, then you might have a chance to make uh, the Los Angeles Rams day a little difficult. But I think it's a BB gun shooting at, a, at an asteroid. <laughs> and that's all for the battle for L.A. We got a lot of L.A. victories uh, predicted by the Left Coasters podcast. Let's get to the rest of the predictions as we move forward to the weekly pick'em. And we are back. The Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo, Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. We've been picking winners of every regular season NFL game the whole entire season. And it has come down to this. Five weeks remain. The bye weeks are over. 16 games a week from now until the finish. And Dangles and I are tied. We are neck and neck. 106 and 68 106 and 68 those are our respective records brian the two-time defending champion the only one to ever win the weekly pick'em crown for the left coasters podcast is only five games out of it at 101 and 73 right there guys so it is again 16 games times five there's many games that remain and plenty of time for you to catch up there bright guy and catch up to me and dangles but again 106 and 68 that's a pretty good record for me and dangles brian it's a good record as well we're doing okay we need to be better i need to be better i need to be better we all picked the la rams to win i picked pittsburgh to beat the chargers on sunday night so let's go to the other 14 games full slates from here on out let's see what the future holds brian Thursday, we have the New Orleans Saints, who are riding high after kicking the pants right off of uh, the Atlanta Falcons at 10-1, and one, uh, going to Dallas, who are 6-5. and five. Hot Dallas team. Yeah, this hot is, uh, Dallas team. This is going to be a eh, Would you is... call them hot? I would. I, would. I absolutely would. They I just would. beat a, a Colt McCoy-led Washington Redskins. So they beat their defense, which True. is good. And they, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, are kind of looking like losers right now. Yeah, very true, very true, but they won. They won games. They won. Dak Prescott looks more confident. It's, and I'm willing to bet he feels more confident with Amari Cooper, who absolutely went off and is more like the Amari Cooper that that we've been used to seeing in yep. in, in past years. I still don't think they can beat the New Orleans Saints. Neither do I. I think the Saints come in. I think they beat the Cowboys. I think they do so pretty handily. I will say that defense for Dallas is very, very good, and I think they give New Orleans a fight. I just think it's too much fire. Sneaky good, definitely. Too much fire for New Orleans here. I think New Orleans wins. Brad guy? I would agree. New Orleans Saints all day. No change from Brad guy. All right, here we go. The uh, next game are the Baltimore Ravens uh, at 6-5, coming off a Lamar Jackson-led W, uh, at the Atlanta Falcons at home, 4-7. So Atlanta, I think Atlanta knows they're dumb, but 
they they are pride they're they are a prideful team they will be fighting. I don't know if they know they think they're done. Lamar Jackson, I don't think they plan to throw the football with him. I really don't. I think they're He's going in like nine throws a game. I think they're going into these games fully prepared to have a college offensive run option offense and have themselves be like Army or whatever with the triple options here and there and Gus whatever his name is and all these players for Baltimore. The first round pick tight end is making plays like Lamar Jackson is just leading the scout team to the playoffs right now and I don't know if it ends here against Atlanta because the Atlanta you can get is the team that loses to teams like Cleveland to teams like Tampa Bay. Could Baltimore pull one out here? The problem I have in picking Baltimore at the moment is is that eventually there's going to be enough tape on Lamar Jackson. Right. He can only know so much of the playbook. There yeah. can only be so much implemented on a weekly basis yeah. and, and for a rookie quarterback uh, to know and to, to, to rely upon. I, I feel like at some point he's going to run out of things to do and there's going to be just enough athletes on the other side of the ball. The question is, do Atlanta ha- does Atlanta it, have yeah. the athletes on the other side they do. of the ball? I don't um, know if they do. Just for your, own rec- uh, for your own information, Lamar Jackson against the Oakland Raiders last week, 14 of 25. 178 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. So susceptible. Mm-hmm. What's keeping that team alive I mean, is the ball. He threw the ball 25 times and Derek Carr is 34. It's not you know maybe as much, but again, you're talking about a rookie quarterback here yeah. against I'm, the Oakland Raiders. I'm not again. Yes, against the Oakland Raiders. I'm not willing to to call him a bust just yet. No, I don't think. No, I don't think calling him a bust. I don't think. I don't think he's. I don't think that I'm. I'm willing to say that he's going to be like Jason White or anything like that just yet. But Pat White. But. No, Jason White. I'm talking about Virginia? I'm talking about the Sooners quarterback from like the early 2000s who won the Heisman. Number 18. Came to, yeah, came to like t- I think Tennessee drafted him. They did he did fuck all. Um, so anyway, uh, I I I still I still like the Falcons at home here. They're in need of a bounce back win. I think this uh, Ravens team is ripe to do it. Uh, the Raiders, by the way, also pretty much handed points over to the uh, to the Ravens. I think they had like two defensive touchdowns yeah. in that game Oakland and a couple to do that. a couple of bad turnovers. So. It, it wasn't just so, it wasn't just the the Ravens offense. So to clarify, no, you're picking the Falcons. I, I'm picking Atlanta to win this. Wow, yeah. I I'm picking Baltimore. So there's another difference for me and you, Dangles. I'm picking Baltimore because I think I I, I think Atlanta. While they while they are a prideful team, they have been losing these games with reason. I keep losing money on them because I expect them to go to get out of their funk and they just don't do it. I think Baltimore does have the playmakers enough on offense to make Atlanta's defense work. And Baltimore's defense is pretty solid. Matt Ryan ain't gonna be able to move the ball as efficiently as he usually is. Able to, so I'm picking the Ravens. Brian, break the tie once again. The the, the Ravens defense is the fir- is number one in the in the NFL. They have the They're best good. defense, They're really good. defense. Question is, can they stop Atlanta? I'm gonna go with Atlanta on this. Just wow, a, just a gut feeling on that. Wow, I'm I, alone. Let's go Raven. Let's go Lamar. All right, something to look forward to. Next, we've got the Chicago Bears, uh, who are who are sitting atop the NFC North at eight and three against the New York Giants at home, three and eight. It would be great if the Giants won this game, but they're not going to. The Bears are going to win. They might get close. I mean, they, they, no. they, they, they might get close. No. You never know. I mean, no. Yeah, I'm I'm just look. I'm just trying to be optimistic yeah. here. The Bears are going to absolutely mop the floor yeah. with Eli Manning. Give me the New York Giants. Are you out of your mind? Wow. No. Is, it, is this because you're five games behind and you're taking uh, a A chance? little bit, but more so because I saw what the Chicago Bears did last week against the Chicago Bears. Oh, you haven't been behind the Bears at all this season. Uh, the Detroit Lions, rather. Uh, the New York Giants, recall, almost just beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who aren't great. Right. Who aren't great. They're they're showing themselves to be a better team than than their probably their record shows. I mean, the, I think the New York Giants are probably five win team, six win team. I think they have a couple hmm. more wins in their in hmm. their in their. Chief, remember, Mitch Trubisky's hurt. 
I I understand. So I if Chase Daniels, so if Chase, Chase Daniels plays, yeah, it's gonna be Mitch Trubisky. They almost lost to the Detroit Lions. I yes. think the Detroit Lions have a worse team than the New York Giants do. Okay. I think the New York Giants are a prideful team. I think Odell Beckham, Shepard. I think Saquon Barkley shows us. I think this week what what is weak about this Chicago Bears team, and I and I think they have an answer to this uh, defense. I think Khalil Mack is the only person in America still hungry after his Thanksgiving meal, and he's gonna fill up on Eli Manning. Possibly. It's Put very it possible. Yeah. Very, very possible. Let's move on. I, I like your pick with the Giants. When it, happens, when it happens, will it surprise you? Take a chance. Take a chance. No, it would absolutely surprise me if the Giants You really think so? Oh, it would surprise me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Be surprised. Uh, next, we've got the Buffalo Bills, uh, led by Josh Allen to a big W this past week. Four and seven against the Miami Dolphins, coming off a, you know, a, a harsh loss. Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to say exactly Buffalo, what Buffalo, I said Buffalo. last week. Give me Buffalo. Give Buffalo, me Buffalo, Buffalo. Buffalo. I think Buffalo stinks. Don't don't get me they, wrong, they do stink. Don't get me I wrong. I think Miami stinks more. Even though this is in Miami, it's always tough to play in Miami. I just think Miami is is like the Cincinnati Bengals. They started off strong, and now they're losing game after game after game, and that locker room has to be a toxic place right now. Buffalo seems to be somehow having fun with this 4-7 and seven dipshit team, and I think they're going to be able to do it. I think they're going to beat Miami once again. They shouldn't be. They should be trying to lose and get a good draft pick, but Buffalo is trying to win games, and they're going to do it against Miami. Buffalo for me and Dangles. Brian, do you make it three? Miami. Oh, okay. Why? I think Miami Dolphins uh, have a very good record against the Buffalo Bills. First of all, uh, at home they do especially well. They don't do well against. Uh, they don't do well at Buffalo. They do well at home. For, yeah. So, it's so there's tough that. To play in Miami. And I also we've talked about this. The Miami Dolphins are still in the hunt for that wild card. It's Absolutely. still within reach. Absolutely. Like very, very, very tangible reach. These are the games they have to win. And I think with Ryan Tannehill back in full action, he had two touchdowns last week, zero in a interceptions against the Indianapolis Colts. They only lost by three. I I, I think they give the Buffalo Bills a a, a deserving loss. All right, moving on. Next, we've got the Carolina Panthers, six and five, coming off a a, a loss, a hard loss. Coming off a couple of losses. Yeah, yeah. losing streak to be be specific. Uh, Playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who just got snuck out a a crushing win. Remember that song song from American Pie, Flavor of the Week by Hi-Fi? That song is about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh. It's, who are they playing this week? And who am I starting in my fantasy league? Is it Jameis? Is it Fitzpatrick? Who knows? I don't know. I'll go first on this one. <laughs> I, 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 I hope and I believe that the Carolina Panthers are going to win this game. Yeah. I agree. I think I, I think they sh- they should. They absolutely should. But I don't know what the hell to think the, about this Buccaneers the, team. The past three weeks, Carolina should have won the games that they've been playing. Yet they keep playing down to their competition. They keep kicking themselves in the ass. Tampa Bay, uh, again, Jekyll and Hyde as they may be, that offense when they're yeah. on, they're on. But I think the Panthers' defense is good. Oh sure, but tell that to the teams they keep playing. Well, they, they keep on giving up points guys, in bad situations. Yeah, here. But you guys underestimate the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seattle Seahawks. Hawks are a playoff team, and I think the Carolina Panthers are a bubble playoff team, and I think that's why they lost. I think they yeah. they got overmatched by Russell Wilson's ability to make plays uh, in the in, in the in the crunch time. I don't think Tampa Bay has that. If Tampa Bay wins this game, oh. heads will roll in Carolina. But I'm picking Carolina as well. We got a left coast just sweep. Moving on. Next, we have the Indianapolis Colts coming off a huge turnaround victory at Miami. Remind you, rem- remind our listeners they almost lost that game. Yeah, they almost lost that game. 
game. A lot of they're, early turnovers. They're sitting at six and five and still in the hunt for that wild card uh, uh, position against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cody Kessler <laughs> at three and eight, led by the Cody Kessler Cody of USC. Kes- Cody Kessler, hey, everybody. Uh, these it's, these are the games that matter because at the end of the season we will be making the left coast's QB rankings, and both Cody Kessler and Jeff Driscoll will be on those rankings because they are starting an NFL game Give me this the year. Indianapolis Colts. I'm still picking it. Still, Indy. still will not. I'm telling you right now, my last quarterback on the list will be and will always be Nathan Peterman. Period. <laughs> Full stop. End of story. I uh, give me the Indy. Indianapolis yeah. Colts okay. here. The wheels are absolutely coming off the Jaguars. I think they've thrown in the towel They're on dead. their season. That's it. All right. Next, we've got the Cleveland Browns, who are 4-6-1. Uh, coming off a really great game. Really great game. You were right, but the Cincinnati Bengals did have some massive, massive injuries uh, to boot. They're at the uh, Houston Texans, who are 8-3. and three. Cleveland the, yeah. Browns. No. And Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Hey, they man, they have consistently woke up feeling dangerous, and I think Baker Mayfield. That was the that was, that was the Super Bowl for them, facing Hugh Jackson Ohio. once again, yeah. and beating the pants off of the Cincinnati Bengals. I am. Uh, uh, this is tough. I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns, but I am definitely worried that the Cleveland Browns might be coming down from their 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 <laughs> high here. I think Cleveland is truly on the up right now, but I'm worried that I this was. I disagree with you, but they kicked I the hope, shit out of the Cincinnati Bengals. I hope they haven't hit the top of the mountain. Is what I'm trying to say. I hope it's they continue likely. to finish this season strong because on paper they have a chance to beat this Houston team, which eight game win streak out of nowhere. They're not as good as eight and three. They're just not. And I think Cleveland has a chance to upset them. Go Baker. Keep being dangerous. Who do you guys the got? The Cleveland Browns have the 31st ranked defense. Yep. They are porous. Yep. And I believe the Houston Texans and Deshaun Jack, they have not seen a quarterback like Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Nope. They just haven't. Nope. It's not Still picking Baker. How are you, how are you guys, uh, how's your guys' Greek mythology? It's pretty good? Yeah, it's I, solid. Yeah, very it's pretty solid. solid. Okay, so then you know uh, the story of Sisyphus, right? Yes. yes Sisyphus. The, the, uh, the rock you're not the familiar hill, with yes. Sisyphus. Sisyphus is perpetually pushing, yeah. condemned to perpetually push a rock up a hill that he will never yeah. reach the top of. The Cleveland Browns have been Sisyphus for the last four seasons. Yeah, they have like, been pushing like a rock up a hill. Yep. Now they've gotten to the top of that hill that they thought was never there, but they were so damn excited that they got to the top of the hill that they pushed the boulder a little bit too hard and they went with it. Oh my God, now they're coming down. Now they're coming down really hard. Texans win this game. All right. It's a big metaphor, Dangles. I like it. All right, so you two got the Texans and I got Baker, baby. Baker... All the way. Next, Let's go Cleveland. Next, we've got the Denver Broncos, 5-6, and six, uh, coming Feisty. off a big win. Feisty. Uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, 5-6. Well, and six. This is easy. Denver. Yeah, Jeff Driscoll's not beating the Broncos. Give me no. Denver here. He's not. Even Andy Dalton was not beating the Broncos. I don't think A.J. Green plays in this game either. I think since he's packing up and going home till next year. Yeah, Good night, Marvin. They want a high draft pick. We're all with Denver, yeah? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, next, we have the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who are 2-9 and nine against the Packers. Oh, my pa- Oh, never mind. I might pick Arizona. No, I'm Green picking, Bay stinks. I'm picking Green Bay. According to NFL.com, the only category in which the Cardinals <laughs> not are not last in the NFL is in their defense. Their passing offense is 32nd. Their uh, offense total is 32nd, and their rushing offense is 32nd. You can't win if you don't score. I tell you, True. this is somebody who covered the Jaguars at the era of they couldn't score. 
that's just as simple. The do you Cardinals think he keeps his job? Do you think Wilkes keeps his job? Yeah, I think after one Probably season, Probably after one job. season. Although, I again, am, uh, this is the guy that goes, mm, we're down two, let's start our rookie quarterback on this final drive of the I w- game. I will say, for those yeah. people who are still in their fantasy leagues out there, you're coming down to the wire when it comes to almost making the playoffs. If you have Larry Fitzgerald on your bench, you start him this week. He loves to kill my Green Bay Packers. I guarantee a big game from old Larry Fitzgerald. But, yeah, we're all on Green Bay to yes. win, yes? Yes. Okay. Next, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs off their bye, 9-2, playing the Oakland Raiders 2-9. Okay, Kansas nine. City next. Kansas, Kansas City. City. Next, we've got the New York Jets, uh, led by Josh McCown now. I know. Uh, Sam Donald might not play again. He shouldn't. He should sit on the bench and watch the rest of the year. He got his taste of his rookie year. It's time to clean the slate for the You're next year. You're not wrong. 3-8, and eight, the New York Jets at the Tennessee Titans, 5-6. and six. I'm picking the Tennessee Titans... Mm-hmm. Only because I think the Tennessee Titans are a more capable, all-around better team than the New York Jets, who are still vying for that playoff spot, and they have a lot to lose. Yeah. I think the pressure is on. I think you're going to see uh, the Tennessee Titans defense come back yeah. alive. Uh, they just got doused by the the Houston Texans. I still I think if the Houston if 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 the Jekyll and Hyde uh, metaphor use, is used here for the Tennessee Titans, I think we get I think we get uh, we get Hyde this time around. Yeah, Tennessee uh, two heartbreaking divisional losses. If they need a week to pick it back up, the Jets are a good guy to have on there. McCown is not going to beat you at his 39-year-old age. It's just not there anymore. I'm picking Tennessee as well. Yeah, probably not. This is not like last season for McCown, which was definitely an anomaly in his otherwise uh, unremarkable career. I am picking Tennessee, though, here. I, I agree with you. This is a game where they're probably taking a little bit of a deep breath, not overlooking the New York Jets because they do have a very capable defense, but yeah. going, all right, maybe you know we can sort of take a feel a little bit off the accelerator here. Next, we've got the San Francisco 49ers, 2-9 and nine at the Seattle Seahawks. Guys, I want you to do me a favor. What's that? Um, I know you're both trying to beat me in my pick, in this pick'em, but know that I, I put some Tony Cavallo real money on these games when it comes to Sunday. Uh, next time I pick San Fran to win a game or be close, just 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 save me for myself. Will you please do that for me? Take San your Fran phone away. is not winning another game this season. I wanted Nick Mullins to be the next Brett Favre. It's clearly not the case. I am picking San Fran to lose this game. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, Seattle's rushing offense has been unstoppable over the last couple of weeks. And Russell Wilson and, is on. And Russ is being Russ. Uh, that he's got throw a great, he made, that he's got fourth, a, he, quarter, by, fourth it, and third throw he made, holy was really Lord. impressive, which is, again, you know, it's not out of the ordinary for him. He's he's built up a great rapport this year with Ty Lockett and this kid David Moore, who he's also built a really good working relationship with, it seems like. He's been able to make something out of nothing in that passing game where Doug, Bal- where Doug Baldwin I has done so almost much. nothing for I them. I kind of like it. I hate it so much. I like it. I just hate, hate Pete, I just hate Pete Carroll. You know mostly. what's going to be fun though? That's not true. I love Pete Carroll. He handed us a Super Bowl. You know what's going to be fun? <laughs> uh, uh, Seattle is going to get that six seed. Chicago yeah. is going to get that three seed. And Chicago, uh, Seattle at Chicago, Saturday playoff is going to be a great wild card game. A great wild I will be card picking game. Seattle. Oh, it'll be a lot of fun. If you don't think Russell Wilson is going to be more capable in the playoffs than it'd, Mitch Trubisky, it'd be a hell of a game. Then it'd be a hell of a game. You deserve folks. to get your head checked. All right, let's move on. Well, Next, we got two more left. We have one, two left. Two We've more got left. the uh, Minnesota Vikings, six four and one, yep. coming off a big, big win Huge over your Green win. Bay Packers at the New England Patriots, eight and three. This is a tough game. This to is interesting because it's Minnesota interesting. matches up well against New England. I it's will say, however, though. Kirk Cousins does not beat Tom Brady at Gillette Stadium. 
doesn't happen. It's never going to happen. I don't it's think never so, going to happen in the history of football. No. You're never <laughs> right. going to have Kirk Cousins beat Tom Brady at New England. This might, be, this might be a good soundbite if it happens. Not going to happen. Uh, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are undefeated when Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, and Sony Michelle all play in a football game. Undefeated. I think they're all going to play against these uh, Minnesota Vikings. I think Tom Brady and the New England Patriots know that the only way they make a Super Bowl is if people come to us in the playoffs and they need to string a few wins together to end this season. Minnesota's ripe for it. They're going to beat Minnesota. You guys got uh, got differences here? No, I, I think I think last week was Sony Michelle's coming out party, sure uh, was, yeah. returning returning from an injury. I think that I think he's probably going to be a top ten fantasy running back next year, pretty handily. Uh, James White could very well be in that conversation as well. I think there's just there's too many ways that they can hurt you. And yeah, get Brady, Brady, Brady and Belichick at home. Come on, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know the Patriots are going to win this yeah. game. Yeah, and I think the 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 problem with the Minnesota Vikings at the moment, if I could pinpoint it, I would say. They're not prolific enough. They're just okay. Yeah. They're just getting by. When they play the Green Bay Packers, my God, they should have put well, up 14 more points. Yep. I think Filippo's play calling, unfortunately, is not diverse enough, and yeah. it's not giving it's not giving that that diverse skill player uh, led Minnesota Vikings more opportunities than they should. Don't be surprised though if the Minnesota Vikings win with uh, uh, Adam Thielen having a day and a half. Oh yeah. I could see Adam Thielen ripping the shit out of he's, this. Out he's of got this. like 900 yard receiving games. Yeah, like he's, wake he's me up, make, wake me up when it's over. No, he's but, having himself a day every week. But I mean, in the situation where he could be, he could be the absolute reason why the New England Patriots don't win this game. You know how Bill Belichick always destroys young quarterbacks' lives. He just knows how to beat every young quarterback sure. that faces. He knows him. what to throw at him. I think Kirk Cousins is still a young quarterback. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a veteran yet. He, I don't, he doesn't have the trust that you should have as a player of his position this many years in the if, league. If if this is a if this is a uh, Minnesota home game, I think I'm picking Minnesota. So you're going to pick New England, though. I'm picking New England. Okay, That'll be so inter- we're all on the Patriots. That will be an interesting matchup to watch. That Adam Thielen and I assume that the Patriots will be putting Stephon Gilmore on him uh, as the number one receiver. That'll be an interesting ma- matchup, I think, to watch because Stephon Gilmore has actually been pretty effective against uh, against cor- or, uh, wide receivers that he's covered less than 50 percent catch rate uh, against uh, Stephon Gilmore for uh, wide receivers this year. So he Let's is playing move well. on to Monday night, the final last, game on the slate. Last but not least, we've got. At the Washington Redskins at six and five visiting the Philadelphia Eagles at five and six. This is a meaningful game. This yeah. is an absolute meaningful Give game. Give me the Eagles. Because if we all have right now New Orleans beating Dallas on Thursday night, Give me the Eagles. that would knock Dallas down to six and six. If Brian is right and the Eagles win, three teams at six and six in the NFC East: Washington, Dallas, Philly, and Philly suddenly is right back in. But it's it. about it's about trending, and the problem with the Washington Redskins currently, as we've talked about it, nauseum, yeah. is the fact that their offensive line is gone, their quarterback yeah. is gone. Yeah. Yeah. They, they does it. They, I don't. Know, I don't know how you operate with. You might have a good defense, but the problem is that defense can't score you points. No, nope, I'm picking Philly as well. Although I really don't like Philly at all. I like Washington, don't like Philly, but I'm with Philly as well. Dangles, are you going to differ? No, I'm going to go with Philly. I, I think the Redskins are going to struggle in this game. So and, we are predicting. And that's our pick'em. We are predicting. I guarantee you, if this happens, we're predicting the Mary Fuck Kill of the Tuesday Show. Bring who in the fuck in the NFC is going to win that division? Uh, six and sixes abound again. Dangles and I neck and neck in this weekly pick em. Brian, five games behind. A lot of differences here in the 16, first time we've had 16 games since week three this week in the weekly pick em for week 13. And that is the end of the show. That is a Thursday show. This is the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, the Left Coasters podcast. We have a Gmail account, the Left Coasters podcast at gmail.com. We are on SoundCloud, on iTunes. 
please listen, rate, and uh, uh, like, and do whatever you need to do to help us grow. We are the best podcast this side of the Mississippi. Following Los Angeles football till the day we die or Stan Kroenke moves to Vegas. But that's it for the Left Coast's podcast. We're going to end our Thursday show with a hearty ram it. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.